You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents Pods from the Penalty Box, a nostalgic sampling of skate punk albums from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Join us in the pit. I'm Andrew. What's up, everybody? This is John. <laughs> Sorry, that song just gets me so hyped. I feel like I'm in the pit. And this is our podcast. That's our food line. <laughs> I, you know, John, you posted that video of friendly mm-hmm. advice yes from i don't know was it 10 years ago something like that yeah yep sort of a one-off reunion show i believe <sighs> yeah oh man come on all right hang nail we know we know you're checking this out <laughs> you better you it's can't time. it's time it is time <laughs> you can't drop a brilliant four song christmas ep and then just be like, peace, guys. See, see you later. No, no there's more. I feel there's, like more is coming. There's, there's got to be some new material out there. All right. Let us Mike, know. Nick, we're, we're, we're watching you. We will, we will go to the brat shop in Kenosha if that's where you want to do it again. <laughs> Which I, is I, a perfect Wisconsin venue name. That is true. I, you know, you're in Chicago. I'm in the Twin Cities. Mm. It's, it's just right there in the, middle meeting with meeting wisconsin we'll go i don't know we'll have a we'll have a couple two three beers that's right i don't know we'll do some have some spotted cow that's right know. we'll hit up uh the spot drive-in is that what it's called <laughs> that's a, they, they shout that out in one of the songs we'll cover today i clocked that in particular because when we talked to shadow producer jason about kenosha which his family has like history in uh this was on the patreon uh he talked about the spot driving being a good place so that was already mm. on my on my mind and then on your radar hangnail calls it out today's record mm. so mm. anyway yeah we're gonna get to facing changes yes in a little bit but yeah. you know also shortly welcoming back our buddy chris from much the same That's who right. was on he was on the uh, first season yes um, yeah Sort of at the tail end there, right? The tail, yeah, at the tail end. Yeah, we we just did like a full-on interview. It was sort of around the time when his band was dropping yes. their new record. So, yeah, we wanted to talk to him. And so we're happy to have him back on the show. Absolutely. Um, uh, much the same rules and played with Hangnail a few times as we get into with him. So, yeah, we're going to be, we're nearing the, speaking of the tail end. Hey. We are very much near Yes. Tail end of this of this season. Mm-hmm. Magnified Pod will also be facing changes. Mm, in in the sense that we are going to be moving on to something new. Something I don't know. new. Something new. I don't. Maybe maybe we should wait till our last well, episode. Yeah, next week season finale. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll spill some beans <laughs> about what's to come. But yes, penultimate <laughs> penultimate episode this week. Finishing out skate punk. Their deeds and hangnail. It's been quite yeah. a ride. It's been over a year now. So what a ride. What a ride. I mean, I feel like we technically, when did we, we dropped our first episode, like at the very beginning of February, I think. 
Okay. So it'll be uh, right, right, right along, right on the edge of a full year. Yeah. Oh man. I can't, if I could go back and tell 2021 Andrew, like of what the year to come would be. I don't even uh-huh. know, man. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't have wanted I, to have that. I wouldn't have, I don't know if I, I don't know if 2021 me would want a uh, future me to come and yeah. tell me what I, I don't know if I want of the, of the changes I would be facing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know if I want 2022 John to hear from 2023 John about what this year will hold. <laughs> oh no! Uh, but uh, it'll be better, right? It'll, yeah, it'll, everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> everything's fine. Yeah. Speaking of much the same, everything's mm. fine. Yes, exactly. Um, I don't know. All this talk about future plans though is getting me kind of parched. Ooh, what you I got over a, there? Gonna need something to get me through. Oh shit! <laughs> that fully exploded yeah did you you pulled him did you pull an andrew did you spill it did you spill your beer it's on my computer it's on my microphone it's on the table it's um here's the thing john and you've you've apparently not learned from any of my past mistakes (laughs) that opening a craft beer yeah it near the microphone that those things are filled it's true to the top that thing must have been uh, horizontal at some point, though, because that was uh, that was out of control. Um, well, you didn't you didn't fully knock it over like I did true. on our Michael W. Smith episode. Yes, who could forget? I'm sorry, it survived, but you have a new computer now. Um, what's smelling delicious all over my table and um, body and computer and microphone <laughs> now is uh, Off Color Brewing's Beer mm. for Burgers. Uh, a Hell's Box style beer blended with bourbon barrel aged lager. Sounds good, right? Sounds delicious. I need to get a towel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's like pools. So. Okay, go for it. One go for second. it. So John needed to pause for a moment uh, for like a full few minutes to go get a towel. That must have, I mean, from my view, it just looked like you opened it and hit the microphone, but it seemed to be. (laughs) Smells good. This table's seen a lot of drinks poured on it over the years of us potting. Oh man, that, that, the number, the number of alcoholic beverages that that table has seen. Uh, little buddy, you've, you've gotten us through a lot. <laughs> so, you have seen many a drunk Andrew and John. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> Put me out of my misery. Please, please let me die. <laughs> I'm like, more beer for you, table. Reminds anyway. me of, um. so I feel like burger beers are kind of becoming a thing. Interesting. Because, because Blackstack has a beer <laughs> aptly titled Meat Sweats. Yes, which is a which they call their beer for burgers. Is it just supposed to pair well with? Yeah. Yeah. It's a burger. It says it's a bastardization of some of our favorite lager traditions. All right. So I could see chomping into a, you know, impossible burger and get some of those juices and it mixing with this. Well, Mm -hmm. it's right. It's it's very tasty, especially when it's all over everything in front of you. (laughs) Yeah, um, I've, I'm uh, drinking a LaCroix because I came from having some beers nice. uh, pre-pod. So 
I've been going hard lately. Lots of breweries. <laughs> lots of well lots done. of lots of breweries trying to trying to hit up a lot of those spaces and spots around the Twin Cities that I have not um been to as much and just wanted to you know checking them out. There's there's a lot of great there's a lot of great beers and spots around the Twin Cities as I've talked about a lot of the pod. Yep. So there's still quite a few for me to check out. So uh as as I've said before, Magpod Nash. If you're ever up in the Twin Cities, that's right. Hit up your boy. Might just be hit up your boys. Ooh, in the, in the future, here. John. This is we'll see. This is a uh, the second tease in is little, many in tease. as many weeks. Yeah, no, no, no <laughs> formal announcements yet, but you know, keep your Minnesota friend seats warm. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, keep your <laughs> keep your ears to the snow. Yeah, there you be, go. My... That sounds like a cooler thing to say. <laughs> yeah it it has been it has been terrible. <laughs> it's been terrible today. Yeah, um, it's pretty cold here. Yeah, it was um, in the uh, and the proper negatives with a high of four, and you know, it's pretty cold. Feeling like the in the negative in the negative twenties. Mm. So I forgot to get my gutters cleaned this fall, and last time I let it slide. I was like, that doesn't look like there's too much up there. Uh, it like leaked <laughs> through the wall, like inside. Yeah. So it's like, I got to get this taken care of. And it's too, it's not like I live in a giant house or anything, but it's too high for me to get up to the roof. Um, so I got to, I, I talked to my, my gutter guy and he's like, I can come when it's 38 degrees and we have not hit that yet. So anyway, is this relatable content? Should I you, talk know, more? <laughs> you know, this is, this is something, you know, <laughs> punk rock, you know, teenage punk rock, Andrew and Johnny <laughs> talking yeah. about, Talking about gutters and gutter cleaning. And I miss my window to clean out all my gutters. <laughs> what will I do now? Whoa. Yes, exactly. Whoa. Oh, it's man. not 38 degrees yet. Whoa. <laughs> Sounds pretty good, actually. <laughs> it's it's one, a of those, it's one of those things that I didn't ever think about until no. I became a homeowner. You know, back in the day, you'd get like those in stuff like the val pack bullshit stuffed in your uh-huh. mailbox right, right. there's like you know all the heating and cooling stuff and gutter cleaning and i'm like uh-huh. i'm renting i don't need any of this stuff right right and now i'm like i wonder who does do good gutter cleaning right. and gutter installations yeah because uh you're looking at two boys who did not clean their gutters out <laughs> before Uh-oh. the before the winter i hope got our, hope our walls aren't gonna turn us into big texture boys in terms of <laughs> water damage yeah i don't my That's my walls joke. my <laughs> you've been you've been to my house i'm already a btb with my walls <laughs> my walls are weirdly textured i don't mm. know who made this this interior decorating choice but like it has this like blown kind of like textured like yeah. almost like the walls were like they were like, wait, maybe it would look cool if it was like fake stucco or something. Right. It's, yeah, stucco it's on like, the inside. It's like all bumpy on the walls. And like, that's nobody asked for that. Yeah. Why don't you cool it with the wall bumps? Uh, yeah. I don't need it. I don't need it. No one wants it. No one asked for it. No. But for me to do anything about it would be <laughs> no a nightmare. Out of the question. Of the question. Uh, <laughs> let us know about your wall bumps, uh, listeners. <laughs> Did you clean your gutters? 
Let hashtag, us know. Hashtag wall bumps. Hashtag gutter guy. <laughs> hashtag 38 degrees. Yep. Uh, keep us posted on that. Yeah. Um, do we get any uh, voicemails about uh, any of those things? Yeah, I think we we have a uh, we have one voicemail. Come on, guys. It's uh, I know it's slowing down here, guys. But come on. Uh, next week, season finale. Yeah, this is the yeah. time. Yeah. Send us in your voicemails, your emails, your original songs, your yeah. cackles. Yeah, we got one more. We got one more week before we close out the season. Send us your send us your thoughts, your thoughts and ideas, and let's close out this close out strong. But we got um. Our boy, Eli. What's up, Andrew and John? This is Eli from Phoenix calling about my hangnail story. Ooh. I was in college in um, Pueblo, Colorado, and um, it's just south of Colorado Springs, about half an hour, 45 minutes. And um, there was a show that was happening. It was being put on by a, uh, a college student, Christian promoter. She was super cool. And uh, there was a bunch of bands, and hangnail was on the bill. And then, then some bad weather hit, and everybody was playing a show in Amarillo, and all the other bands bailed and decided not to come up. But Hangnail still made it all the way to Pueblo and played the show, and they were incredible. Such a good band, so tight. Nick's guitar playing was uh, amazing. And I think there was probably maybe 40 people at the show. And afterward, they st- stayed behind, hung out with all of us, gave us all free posters. Of course, we all bought merch to support them. And uh, I just I thought they were fantastic. Um, loved the first record. Second record is amazing as well. And I'm happy to see that those guys are back together again. So anyway, uh, Hangnail was uh, super awesome dudes. Great band. So tight. Um, and uh, anyway, thanks a lot, fellas. Magpod for life. Thanks, Eli. Thanks, Eli. Yeah, I think this would now be a good time then because Eli sharing his experience mm-hmm. with hangnail we um i've talked about my experience with hangnail a couple times already mm-hmm. um we got some you know john you put out a question of the week yes asking about that which is what eli was responding to yeah but not that that qot dubs asking for people's experience with hangnail love to hear about hangnail you know solid dudes they're not gonna they're not gonna cancel the show they're gonna come through little weather didn't right. scare them they're from mm-hmm. the midwest they're from the midwest um, they're not afraid of a little snow or weather right. um i have no idea what the situation was but <laughs> anyway they sound like cool dudes for making it regardless um uh, but yeah over on facebook uh missy luck weighed in on this and said despite living about a half hour away from kenosha i didn't find out about them until their self-titled album was advertised in hm magazine it's sad to think of all the shows I could have gone to in their early years that I missed out on. I went to college and ended up sharing the awesomeness that is Hangnail with my new friend, Amy, and we started attending every show that we could that was within a couple hours of our school or home. The guys were always super down to earth and appreciated our loyal attendance and never filed a restraining order against us. <laughs> I was sad when the band was done, but Flatfoot 56, shout out, was there mm-hmm. to pick up the pieces shortly after. A couple years later, I met my husband and found out that he was in a band at one point that had done shows in the area with Hangnail. Oh, let us know who your, who your uh, husband's band was. Um, and we even found a portion of my face in a picture that he had from a show that I was also at. Since I married him, I am now in possession of the album they released in 1998 that I missed out on. Needless to say, the band holds a special place in our hearts, and I still appreciate their music greatly and all the fun memories that were made at shows. Uh, thanks for sharing your experiences, folks. Uh, I hope to join the ranks of people who've seen Hangnail uh, before too long here. Let's... Uh, 
Streets are talking. Let's get let's get Street- this announcement going. Hey, now. <laughs> Streets are talking. I, I think one of the takeaways from the season that we've mentioned is that all of these bands that we either haven't seen or will never see, we desperately want to see now. We want to see them. Uh, Slick Shoes seemed like a distinct possibility when we covered them almost a year ago. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. we've covered, you know, we've been lucky to have covered uh, bands who have put out new albums as we've been doing the podcast that happen to rule. I mean, right. we're we're three for three there in terms of those bands, right. uh, in terms of MXPX, Five Iron, Slick Shoes, all putting out excellent new albums while we're covering them. Um, we were hoping Craig's brother would would make yeah, that. That's coming. That's coming. Yeah. It'll come. Um, but boy, Rotation of Frequency, maybe my my favorite of the three? I don't know. Is Oof. that a hot take? It's up there, Oh, man. more than... It might be. More than Five Iron? Maybe that is a controversy. <laughs> I don't know. I I'd have to think about it some more. But boy, I I have listened to that album. So wow. It was my number one listened to album of last year, as we shared in our right uh, spot. At least through Spotify. Our, yeah, our my Spotify, results, of but... course. Yes, <laughs> both both big uh big slick shoe boys skewed heavily. But even without the podcast, I would have put that thing on all the time. Boy, that album rules. Anyway, I want to see all these bands. Uh, I I got it in my head early with them covering them, though, that we'd be able to do that, at least with some of these bands and a whole lot of nothing over the last year. I hope that changes Hmm. soon. Yeah, I as we get into a little bit with um, Chris here shortly, I, I was thinking about this idea of what people have talked about with the pandemic and like, you know, quote unquote, don't, don't waste your pandemic and Mm -hmm. like, don't waste your quarantine as if like every, all the time that we spend in isolation should be used to be productive, which is such an American mindset. (laughs) Cause if you're, if you're not producing something, you're wasting time or you're not amounting, amounting to anything. And, and I think it's hard when, you know, I think about my mental health over these last couple of years and, musicians and artists like the the pressure to have to put out something when you're going through like right a really weird time that none of us have been through we like we've never been through this as a as a as a culture so uh we're all adjusting to it in um different ways and i'm still at the same time i'm like you know i wouldn't wouldn't hit a new hit a new record from uh (laughs) these handful of bands but right you know, I want to be want to be careful not to, yeah, sure. Put pressure on our dudes, even though. Come on, hang now. Yeah, get, come it, on, to, hang get, now. get it together. Uh, I mean, we managed to put out a lot of hours of content <laughs> this last year. <laughs> that's that's the same as an album, kind of. <laughs> um, yeah, we've we've put out we've put out like <laughs> many albums know, like worth of seven hundred <laughs> hours of content. I don't know. Yeah, hey, that's that's we. You know whether whether productivity is is the thing to uh, measure this last year by or not. We've been productive in that sense. That's a lot of content. That is um, true. Yes, we should say when these bands that we've covered who who maybe put out new stuff coming soon uh, do so, Craig's brother, etc. Uh, we'll we'll come back in and and yeah. and weigh in. We're not done with these bands forever. We'll we'll come in for some you know some special apps to to celebrate those. Yeah, we there's there's a lot i mean obviously craig's brother has been dropping 
yeah a handful of singles and stuff but um and they did a kickstarter a long time ago for for their new record so right that that's anticipated the hangnail dudes yeah less less clear at this point yeah but let's let's make it happen let's make it happen speaking of putting out uh, great records we know a dude who's put out some solid records in recent years. That's our boy, Chris McGrath. Yes. And we had a conversation with him about Hangnail, his band playing with Hangnail, uh, growing up listening to the, this music, what he likes in punk rock, etc. And it's a good conversation. So why don't we go to that now? Let's do it. John, today on the pod, we welcome back Chris McGrath. Uh, listeners will know him from lead singer, guitarist for Much the Same, and vocalist for Winning Streak. Chris, welcome back to Magnified Hello. Pod. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for letting me come and yammer on some more. Always. Absolutely. Always yeah. a pleasure. Um, I know yeah. I've been bugging you guys like every, you know, hey, you want to have me on a guest for that album? <laughs> hey, I, I like that band too. You want? <laughs> I know, I know. I feel like there was a what was, uh, Goaty Hook maybe was was uh one of the yeah, bands. Yeah, I like yeah them. Element One Hundred One was another mm. favorite. Of oh mine and, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well. Element Element was. We, we can touch on some Element. They were we were very brief with discussing Elements. Yeah. Uh, this this season, so we can um. We can before we get into talking hangnail, maybe we can talk about some of the other other bands that we've covered this season. I mean, obviously, uh, Goaty Hook Element. What are some? Did you Slick Shoes? Were you a Slick Shoes fan? I liked Slick Shoes. I was a. I liked. I loved Value Pack for like a minute. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that first album of theirs. I think I really liked, but I could not tell you anything about it now (laughs) just remember i remember the cover and i remember liking it yeah yeah and seeing them with mxpx in some huge huge place back when christian punk meant there was like 800 kids in the in the show right right oh man (laughs) did you get you had you have some personal experience with hangout which we'll get into but are there any other bands uh that we've covered this season that you remember ever playing out any shows with or i think that probably covers most of it Okay. Yeah, we did do a show or two with Slick Shoes. Okay. Um, and we played Cornerstone Festival. So, oh, Dogwood, of course. Yeah, yeah, right on. Because you're, uh, I know your buddies with those guys as well. Yeah, we got to do. I was a huge fan. Dogwood was my, by far, my favorite uh, of the Christian punk bands. Um, hmm. And uh, yeah, we got to do a short tour with them, and that was really fun. You know, little shows. Josh is uh, a, just a character. Like, (laughs) like I was not expecting him. He was so like wacky all the time. Um, (laughs) Yeah, sounds right. And yeah, I think he's still like that. But yeah, just like way more out there of a like a fun, crazy personality than anybody I think I'd met in the scene before. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, you know, somebody I looked up to is a little bit older and mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, this guy's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just, yeah. uh, yeah, but really, really cool guy. Um, you know, very kind to us from the get go. So that was awesome. Cool. He's got his own podcast now. Yeah, he does. Uh, I think, uh, my bassist Frank was on it. That sounds right. I was going to ask if there was any, if there had been crossover there, I remembered something happening, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, are there, uh, let's see, we talked Goaty Hook, Elements, uh, any other, any other info from any of those bands you want to highlight? I just remember, I remember really liking Element when we saw them the first time. I feel like we saw them in New Jersey the Mm. first time, maybe, um, before their Tooth and Nail stuff came out. I don't think they were on Tooth and Nail yet. Mm. Uh, and in fact, heck, it might've even been my old band. Cause I, mm. we didn't, I, I just checked in the, pl- the show we played with hangnail and element 101 was our 11th show in 2000. And okay. so, yeah, I think when I saw them, they were just called element. And yeah. So right. that might've been in my old band on the one tour we did out East. Uh, that sounds about right. So I, I remember being really impressed with them then because you know we'd go on tour and we were a nothing nobody band so every band we played with was terrible um (laughs) as we as were we um and uh and they were really good and so i was really impressed with them they were really young and the older they got like the more like the energy went up they got their they kind of developed their own style which i always thought i don't remember who at the time i had it i had a very clear idea of like either element influenced hangnail or hangnail influenced element. But I remember thinking both of them had like, in terms of their guitar style and their melodies mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I remember thinking like, these guys are doing almost the exact same thing, like guitar style wise, hmm. but such a different sound still somehow. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I could see that. A lot of the staccato kind of, you know, yeah. Yeah. Just the way they played their notes or whatever was a little bit like Rufio too, but not as fast. So Rufio isn't, I don't, you haven't talked about Rufio, have you yet? No, I have not. No, perhaps You're planning on talking about Rufio. <laughs> um, that scene, right? I feel, I feel like Rufio were they, I mean, were they in the Christian scene? I never, I never thought of. Rufio. I'm pretty sure I saw them at Cornerstone, All right. huh. but they were on nitro. Huh. So I think it was, um, and I've talked to Scott a little bit recently about that those days um but uh yeah i don't think they were like officially a christian band but i think they i think they were i think scott was or mm. i don't know it's like it's been so long and i'm old um so i don't <laughs> i don't remember all the details but that that is my recollection was that they were one of those kind of bands that like like mxpx sure. like they were a christian band but got picked up by a secular label and yeah. so didn't make a huge deal out of it but uh, come on chris remember every conversation you had from over 20 years ago dude I, uh, yeah, my band would just laugh and laugh at that because I remember nothing. I'm, I'm a terrible guest for a podcast. Well, it's, no. it's, it's, it's funny. Like, I feel like we've had, um, uh, I think John remind me if, was it, is it Scott Kerr that talks about like how he has a hard time remembering a lot of those kind of details or who am I, who am I thinking? I feel There's... like it's most people we've talked to. <laughs> Definitely Scott, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like, but... just like, Oh man, they're, they're just like the, there's certain people that can, that have like that, that vaulted mind of like all yeah. those memories, but it's just like, there's just, I think after being in a band for 25 years or something, you just start being like, I can't remember. It all blends together. Yeah, totally. Um, But we, 
you know, we recently talked about the hangnails comeback of sorts with their holiday, their Christmas EP, their Christmas hymns EP. And they had, of course, Josh Kimball of Dogwood singing on a song, but they also had John Warren from Ace Troubleshooter. Did you another another Midwest uh, punk band? Did you did you ever cross paths with John? I never got into guys? them. I, I I know I was familiar with the name, but I think they they were not uh, aggressive enough for me is all I remember. So <laughs> at the time, it's fair. If it didn't sound like Good Riddance, I probably wasn't into it <laughs> in that era. So that's fair. They and were Dogwood did so. Although Hangnail and Element both did not sound like that, and so they were definitely um like outliers in my taste like the rest of my mm. band really liked a lot more pop punk than i did sure um i was much more into the kind of fast fat records stuff yeah yeah it's probably obvious but um but yeah i i think you know great musicianship is great musicianship so they got they mm. got in my in my ear somehow and stuck there so <laughs> sure i mean that that leads us to an all-important question we ask mm. all our guests when did you first hear of hangnail Um, it's so funny because I'm, I was trying to think about that. So like I mentioned, so it was, yeah, it was 2000. We played with them at Kenosha Bible church in Kenosha, which might've been their church. (laughs) Sure. But I remember it was like, it was like one of those, like, you know, upstairs classroom type rooms. It wasn't even in like a place where you would have, (laughs) you know, a worship band or anything. Sure. Um, I, that's, that's about all I remember. And I remember, I remember uh, just being really impressed with them live. I don't have any clue whether that was the first time I heard them or not, because mm-hmm. I feel like it was just the three of us bands. Like, I think I would have had some reason to have heard them before that if I wanted to get a show with them. Sure. Um, or maybe it was because I liked Element and, and that was it. But anyway, it was definitely right around then because I remember um, I was really into facing changes. I was not into the previous one. I think I went back and listened to the previous one after I heard facing changes and it didn't grab me quite as much. I think their, their style had developed a little more. Um, and so that's, that's my best answer is right around that, that time. So it might've also been cornerstone because we went to cornerstone a couple of times around then. Sure. Was it, I mean, you, you touched on this briefly a little bit with the, you know, kind of guitar playing and the musicianship and stuff, but what was it about them that maybe stood out to you or that made you think they were somebody special? Um, I think, I think the first thing is just vocally, Mike is just incredibly good. Yeah. Like his just tone wise. I mean, there was a lot of punk bands out that I loved at the time, but when it really came down to it, not a lot of them were great singers, you know, sure. like, you know, uh, I'm not going to name names, but we all know who the bands were and some were good singers and many were not, sure. but it didn't matter. That wasn't really what you were looking for. But Mike was just so like flawless um, and just had just this really strong, full tone to his voice and their harmonies and everything they were doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't call it bad religion-esque because, I mean, they were doing three-part harmonies, but it didn't sound like bad religion. It sounded like something else. Um, And yeah, so I mean, just me as a singer, that was was a huge thing for me was like, wow, these guys are really good. And then... uh, um, you know, listening back to the album, uh, again, this week, just reminded of how much of their lyrics on this album were like very Christian, like more Christian than most of the other tooth and nail bands, right? Like yeah. every song is about struggling yep. or right talking about your faith or, or 
connecting with God somehow, or, or, you know, asking for guidance from him and all this stuff. And there was, that was much more like theologically stronger than um, I think most of those bands were. So I think that stood out to me too, but not in a preachy way, right? Like mm-hmm. you had the bands that were like, you know, very like, you need to talk to Jesus. And then <laughs> there were bands who were like, I need to talk to Jesus. <laughs> and I think they were one of those bands, um, yeah. which I think that's exactly where I was. That was what I was trying to do at that time in my, you know, music writing uh, mm-hmm. era. And so I think it just really stood out to me that they were basically doing, trying to do everything I was trying to do. Uh, maybe not quite as hard and fast, but um, I felt like they were doing everything better than I was. And so it was somebody to look up to in that regard. So you said that you revisited this record. Do you have a sense of, can you remember how you, how the lyrics and the album struck you back when you first listened to it versus how it strikes you today? Yeah. So I think then it just like, it's funny because I related to it a lot then. And I relate to it a lot now, but in a weird way, like, like back then a lot, you know, the songs that are talking about, you know, wanting God to to guide you and, and all that kind of stuff like that was, I spent my whole life, like trying really hard to like connect with God or to be like read the Bible every day and never wanted to do that. Found out recently I have ADHD. Oh, that's why I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, stuff like that. But, um, so those kind of themes and it just, it just felt very sincere. Um, and it felt like where I was at too, pretty much, uh, in terms of trying to find my way as a Christian at the age of 22 or whatever it is, which at 22 feels like really mature, you know, 21 years later now (laughs) feels like such a, just a little child just trying to find his way in the world. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I was realizing now is listening back to some of these and thinking, well, I don't know how, how old Mike is, but he's within my age of a couple of years, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and just listening back and going, okay, well, there's another 20 something guy just trying to figure out life and God and everything. And I don't know if I'm more mature or more cynical now, but listening <laughs> yeah. back to those lyrics, I'm like, man, I really related to these. And I feel a little bit sorry for me for relating to some of them, not all of it, but right. just, mm-hmm. it's, it's really hard to, it's hard to say specifically where that comes from. This was more of a general feeling of like remembering the angst, remembering like really yeah. wanting to be better than I was and yes. not knowing how to be yeah. and feeling pressure, feeling like God was angry with me all the time for not mm. being perfect, even though theology, theologically, I knew that wasn't true, but that's how I felt. And so I got that vibe again, listening to it this week. Like, I think he might've been feeling a lot of those same things and like really earnestly, sincerely wanting to follow God um, and singing about it. And if that was me listening to that, it would have been aspirational. Right. Like, right. It yes. would have been what I wished was true more than what was actually true, because I think a lot of my songs then were the same thing, like really strongly like committing myself to God when in reality I was floundering all the time and I didn't want anybody to know, you know. Right. Right. That's a that's a conversation that John and I had. This last episode talking about their their debut album and something that's been sort of a through line through this entire season, the sort of the songs that we colloquially call like I'm a piece of shit song where <laughs> the, the they, it's like, I'm just so awful. I'm so terrible. God, I can't do anything without you. 
why do you even forgive somebody as terrible as me? This sort of like berating yourself. And, and we're both like, I mean, you're probably doing okay in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, but there is this pressure, whether it's an internal pressure of like, like you're talking about the sort of like aspirational, what you want for yourself or external coming from like the church or from friends or family about like what your, what your faith should look like. There's just, people had those different kinds of pressures. And I for sure was also one of those people who was very hard on myself and felt overwhelmed by like my, what I perceived to be a sinful life and how I was constantly letting God down. And so there's, there's just a lot of that. And I do, a lot of it does come across to me as very earnest, which is why like, I, I think looking back on it now, being in my late thirties, I think I, I see myself in, in a lot of that. And I think it would be easy to be like, Oh, it's, the writings of somebody who's immature and is trying to work through things. But like, that's, I think how a lot of artists and people of faith <laughs> try and like work through this stuff is through expressing where they're at. And so uh, I just give it, I give a lot of it a pass because it, it is sincere and genuine. And, uh, but at the same time, it's just like, you think you're, you know, young Andrew, young Mike, young Chris, we were doing okay. We were doing, we were fine. Like, but we are just like so hard on ourselves with like what we was like in a lot of ways was like an unattainable like goal of like what we thought we should be. It's like, if we had this idea of like what God is like to try and reach for that, it's just like, of course, we're always gonna fall short of, of that idea of God. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, even looking back, I feel like I was definitely not the person like I, I wasn't the person I wanted to be then. And even now, I, <laughs> looking back at myself, I have an even worse impression of who I was. Somebody, somebody recently like sent me a picture of something I wrote in their yearbook in high school or something. And it was like somebody that I didn't get along with um, through like we'd been at each other's throats throughout high school. And like I had written this like really nice and sincere apology, like very like what I would today look back, I was like, I, that was mature for, mm. you know, 17 year old me, like that was kind of mature for 30 year old me. Um, <laughs> uh. So it's, it's funny how our perceptions of ourselves even over time, like aren't necessarily accurate <laughs> yeah. what we, what we were really like. And so, yeah, I definitely thought I was a, I thought I was a bad kid but I also thought I was like way better than everybody else at the same time. <laughs> I heard, a, sure. I heard a guy I used to know who said I suffer from high and low self-esteem. Um, and mm. that was totally me. Like I thought very little of myself and very much of myself at the same time. And now, uh, it's more that I just, wow. He like, now I see all the other ways that I sucked <laughs> that I wasn't <laughs> aware of at the time. Um, right. and I'm just trying not to be that guy anymore. Mm. So, um, but yeah, these, it's funny that you mentioned these, this, how many of those songs there were, because as you're describing it, like the flagellation kind of thing, I'm thinking, but that's amazing grace too. Mm -hmm. Like that's, these are hymns we grew up hearing in a lot of ways, you know, like they weren't, they sounded very churchy, but I mean, you don't get much more flagellating if that's the right word than amazing grace. I mean, that guy really, you know, thinks he's terrible and yeah, yeah. he was, but um, right. 
you know, that's like the, the hymn of all hymns. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had that exact thought listening to the record preparing for this week that like, I mean, I think to your point, they are especially thoughtful in their lyrics. Um, even if a lot of the focus is on this angst over not being good enough, like something Andrew and I have talked a lot about is like, there's a lot of judgment within some of these bands from this scene at this time. And Hangnail never felt like that for the most part. It felt much more sort of turned inward, as you're saying, mm-hmm. um, which I appreciate and which kind of stands out in, in a thoughtful way. Um, but yes, yeah, so many of their songs, I mean, that's such a through line throughout their discography of being amazed at the idea that God could forgive someone as awful as him. And so part of me was like, oh man, I, it's, it's a bummer that this is so focused on how bad he is. But then I literally thought, but, but the difference between their stuff and a lot of people's stuff is the, the, the focus on grace rather than just, I'm so awful. Like mm-hmm. there's always kind of a second half to those songs for the most part, where it's like, I'm sort of floored by this idea that we are forgiven. And then I thought of, yeah, amazing grace. That's the original sort of piece of mm-hmm. shit, song. <laughs> <laughs> which obviously is not quite that, but like, yeah, I mean, the idea of a song being focused on how amazing the concept of grace is, is pretty like, it, you know, stands the test of time and genre. And, and so like, I think, I feel like it fits nicely alongside that kind of theology in a way that doesn't bum me out so much. So anyway, I, I resonate with that. I feel like there weren't, even if there were songs about like, um, I'm bad, so I couldn't get through it without God, don't even necessarily touch on the grace aspect as much mm-hmm. as a lot of hangnail does. So I feel like that, that stands out. Um, but what else stands out to you about, I know you're, you're a fan of the second and third record and, and we're talking about facing changes, the second record this week. What, what was it about it that this record, uh, stood out for you? I mean, was there, is it production? Is it lyrics? Is it all of it? I know you said Mike's voice, but like what made this a, a special record for you? Well, I think, um, in addition to the things I've mentioned, just like the songwriting in general, I thought was really strong. Um, and not just from a lyrical standpoint, but like there was, it was just really interesting. It wasn't the fast, like hard punk that I was listening to, but, um, but it was, and it was, it was like technical, like there was a lot of technicality in their playing. Mm -hmm. And, and again, the kind of technicality that I wasn't used to hearing necessarily, I was used to hearing very metal influenced technicality. And this, I don't even know, I, I couldn't tell you what the influence was Maybe it was metal for all I know, you know, but, um, but it just, it had this different sense of like, they're, they're very um, skilled at their instruments. They write really good melodies and harmonies and just all the way around. I mean, um, yeah, production wise, it's funny because again, listening back, I'm like, oh, this sounds really thin in the guitars and thin in the sense of I can hear that there are two guitars there and I know exactly what both of them are playing all the time. And it doesn't quite Mm -hmm. fill this fill the whole yeah you know fill my speakers like Mm -hmm. some records even of the time did Mm. um and i don't remember thinking that in the past so Mm. that might just be my ear now comparing you know modern production to you know 2001 ish production yeah um but still it's very it's very clean i guess that was the other thing was like they weren't heavy guitars right somehow they made this pop punk record that didn't really sound punk but it clearly was influenced by punk um and wasn't really thick and heavy and i don't know just 
that it, it was it was a nice change of pace. And you know, I guess the 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 thing I never really loved about pop punk was that it always seemed a bit cheesy to me. That was, you know, I, I don't know any other way to describe that, but hangnail didn't sound cheesy to me while still be, being, you know, often very major key upbeat, mm-hmm. you know, positive sounding. It never felt, Oh my gosh, these nerds, you know, like I often thought right. about, I mean, I didn't think that about green day, but there are plenty of bands of that. You know, if you go into the more, I don't know, screeching weasel, and all of the even value pack things like that, you know, like where it's really poppy, um, mm-hmm. just was not my, my jam. So, um, it just, it's, it sat nicely in between those two things and it was something different. And I've still never heard aside from element who had some similar, you know, um, stuff going on. I don't know that I've heard another band that sounds quite like that. Um, mm. and so it's still, when I listen to, when I listen to these albums, like it doesn't, it doesn't seem like, oh yeah you know, boy, this really all stuff sounded the same back in the day, you know, like some of it Mm -hmm. does when I go back and listen. So. Yeah. I think it, it, it stands out among the world they were in. Um, are there, are there particular songs that stand out to you from the record that you wanted to highlight when you were going through it again? Um, yeah. So I think, I mean, I remember liking the whole album, but at some point just deciding that like halfway through it, like the second half was really my favorite and i think uh so with hands tied um was a great song and then the four closed mouth concern commitment unbreakable Mm -hmm. all that you wanted and taken for granted like those yeah um right in a row like i could almost just take those like four or five songs and be like okay that's the best of the record the rest of it's good but those are the songs that really stood out and i think too it's just my taste like those are the more minor key stuff yes you know um but uh but it i you know I mean, the lyrics were, were strong there too. And it, it didn't seem, um, I think those seemed the most serious of them too. Mm-hmm. And maybe just because of the music behind it or something, but I don't know. I, that, those, those are the ones I resonated with on that record. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. There's a, there's a harder, faster edge to those minor right. key, like you said, that I resonate with too. And I think I'm generally with you. I think there's a lot of bands that I don't know as much because you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, the like the emo pop punk vocal sound that kind of became popular in the early 2000s, like just always has kind of graded on me. Like it's Mm -hmm. just not a sound that even if I can appreciate it, it's just like never clicked into place for me. Whereas like harder stuff that, you know, has a a hardcore element or, or is more skate punk leaning has always worked better for me. But I agree with you that that stretch is more in my mold, but I feel like the poppier punk songs on the first half too are so strong that I like those too, despite my own preferences. Like, right. I, you know, I'm not going to spoil any of my takes here, Andrew, but yes, please don't. The, uh, <laughs> the, I was, I, I surprised myself with some of the choices I made. Cause we do a mm. top three every week, mm. Chris, um, where I'm like, I assumed some of these harder, you know, fat rack, like you're saying, leaning songs would be the ones that I would automatically go to, but they're such good, pop song structure in almost all the songs that I'm like, I can't deny it though. It's like a little outside my lane, but it really, it really packs a punch in terms of their ability to write pop hooks and harmonies and stuff like that. So there's a good, there's a good range on the record. Yeah. And I really don't have any sense of how popular they were. Cause I don't remember them being named like often amongst the people who are listening to the tooth and nail stuff that seemed like, Oh, there's this band. Like there was always, mm-hmm. there was, they were, 
I don't know if they were the B-roll on tooth and nail, but that was at least from my personal perspective up until a certain point. And then, um, so I have no clue, like, you know, if they were very successful or whether they were always kind of in the shadow of everybody else. But um, I mean, certainly, you know, I mean, it was a huge, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but just a huge disappointment when they broke up and then put out their best record. <laughs> like, yeah. in my opinion, I mean, yeah, Transparent was everything I liked mm. taken a big step up in like maturity and experience mm. and just like, now all the songs are amazing, you know, mm. like in that, mm -hmm. in my mind. So it's, that's why I had to revisit it. Cause anytime I want to listen to Hangnail, it's just transparent. It's like the obvious choice, even though I know there are good songs on Facing Changes. Yeah. I'm excited to dive in to that one next week more. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Response, Andrew, what do you think about that? I mean, I mean, the way the, the kind of stuff that like <laughs> we, we consume music in in like different ways and like you like the stuff that you're calling out in in like punk and pop punk that you're not here for is stuff that like i'm completely here for yeah i mean yeah, yeah. like like you're 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 saying like oh man that this, this kind of cheesy like screeching weasel and i'm like you know some freaks of atavism was uh one of my top records there the last uh of the last you know um couple of years you know when when screeching weasel put that record out and uh i i i'm a i'm a sucker for ramones core man like that that kind of stuff just it's so poppy and hooky and earwormy and that that's to me like like i love to get into the hardcore stuff i love the the fast drums but like for me facing changes like there it doesn't always go as hard as yeah. as i want it to yeah you know, we're getting we're getting into a little bit of some of our takes of the record here but like i there are moments even on the first record when john and i were talking where we're like we ex we wanted like the like when they would like pick up the beat a little bit and like go into like the double time and we would want them to carry that on into the next verse but then they take it down we're just like no oh, man keep keep stay there <laughs> keep driving it keep going keep going faster yeah. and because they obviously have the chops they obviously have that that shredding capability and the uh the the fast drumming and the technical prowess but um yeah i i, I think i resonate a little bit with you what you're saying though that it doesn't it doesn't come out with like a force that you want it to on the record mm -hmm. you know with 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 what you know that they with what they have i want them to i want it to be louder i want it to be thicker and yeah that's that's uh and also like it's all about how we which album we first hear i think is oftentimes yeah. the one we're going to connect with and that that debut record was the one that i that first heard and um and seeing them <laughs> <laughs> perform live just like just watching them shred just like man which is why i'm hoping 2022 you know the the production of that christmas hymns record was just outstanding oh, so good it's so good and i'm like that's the kind of stuff i'm like i mean you talk about you talk about mike's voice on on this record his voice is incredible now it's gotten even better yeah and so I, 
I'm excited to see if they're going to put out any more stuff because I don't think they, it'd be it'd just be cruel for them to rob us. Right. <laughs> After all these years, they give us those four songs, which are just I mean, forget the Bad Religion EP now. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, like for any any Chris, any. Uh, yeah. Christmas punk. Just like I can. I, I Yeah. This this EP, this past Christmas was definitely you know, the main thing I was listening to whenever I suffered mm-hmm. Christmas music. Um, and it was the, one of the only <laughs> things that I wasn't suffering. Um, yeah. and, uh, and yeah, I talked to, I talked to Nick a little bit about it. And I mean, he did a, I mean, he's a very successful, you know, studio engineer now. So it doesn't surprise me that the production would be amazing. Um, yeah. and he's, you know, obviously a drummer too. And so he's just incredibly skilled all around. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that, that he was able to pull it off, but you know, I mean, with the bells and the, you know, yeah. the kids and all the stuff, like yeah. some of these things are things that I've thought, like I, I got really into, um, gosh, I can't even remember the name of the band now. Oh, Polyphonic Spree, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. very not punk band. Uh, <laughs> one of my few uh, like really weird things that I liked uh, at one point. And I always thought, gosh, I would love to have like a real choir of people, you know, mm-hmm. not just a bunch of guys. Um, but like a big set of voices singing on something. Mm. Don't know what that would sound like, but I would love to do that. And yeah, they just, you know, hangnail showed you can do it and it, and it works. Um, now maybe <laughs> it only works for Christmas songs, <laughs> uh, when you've got the bells and everything going, but, um, sure. man, it's yeah, that I can't say enough good stuff about that. I was so excited. So yeah, I definitely hope they come back and do something else and I yeah. better get a chance to play with them again. Oh, oh man a much the same hangnail show i'm here i'm here yes, for that please yes please I yeah. Would, um, yeah me too i would love that um let's make it happen yeah i think we only played with them a couple other times we played with, I, I think i want to say we played with them at heart and soul or i just went to see them at heart and soul cafe dude dude were you, we might have been at that same show together then i feel like I, it was hangnail and goatee hook and i don't know that we played i don't we might have played i should look at my list yeah, look at your list. See see what show it was, because I remember seeing Hangnail at Heart and Soul, and I can never remember any other details about the show other than other than that. Nope, we did that. We did not play that show. Okay. okay. So the only other time we played with them was a place called After Night in Melrose Park huh. in 2001 All right. with a band called Before Today, which uh, our friend Tulio from willow was in that band oh right on um but uh yeah so no we oh no see i'm confused we played heart and soul uh with goatee hook and stairwell yeah i i would have remembered if hangnail played with goatee hook because i i I only remember seeing goatee hook twice and uh that was not one of them so um so speaking of playing shows much the same what's happening with much the same these days well uh if everything actually happens as planned um we are going to be playing snooze fest uh february is it 19th i should have i should have had this up uh (laughs) i will google it 16th or 19th something like that saturday i think it's a saturday uh, with guardrail who I love and we've never gotten a chance to play with them yet. Um, that's another great, I mean, they're a, they're a Chicago pop punk band, you know, mm. they call themselves diet punk. Uh, 
such a good band. I first heard them because um, Nick Diener of the Swellers who recorded it, Everything is Fine recorded their mm. um, EP that they put out and I was blown away by it. I just really, really cool. loved it. Um, I actually tried to join their band because uh, <laughs> you know, before I joined Winning Streak, um, like I have this dream of being the mediocre guitar player slash, um, you know, background vocalist in a band where I don't have to write anything. I just get to come and play power chords and sing lots of harmonies because singing yes. harmony is like my favorite thing in the world. I yeah. would gladly just sing harmony forever. Um, and so I actually, I was like, so I noticed uh, you've only got one guitar player in your video. You want to know? And you're like, well, we got this other guy that not technically in the band, but he plays with us on stage. And, and I was just like, all right, man, shut down. Um, but uh, yeah, I, so yeah. Then shortly after that, I joined winning streak of which is full of guys I've never met in real life. It's just a um, distance, but, um, but anyway, yeah. So February, when is it? It is Saturday, February 19th. I was right. Um, yeah. Do you want to explain to folks what snooze fest is for those who don't um, know? Yeah. So Garfield does this show every year and it's basically just like eight bands and we're all wearing our pajamas and having a good time. <laughs> so amazing. Um, yeah. So it, it, it'll be a great time. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of good bands. I like, I really like that. There's a lot of, uh, um, female representation in the bands. This, mm. this, uh, go around, um, hi ho is playing, which is, um, Jillian from turn spits new band, or it's kind of her solo project, okay. but I think she has, it's a band now. Um, but she's the one who sang the vocals on you used to have a garden. Oh, um, okay, cool. So we're excited to, um, get to play with her for the first time officially um because she's great and then yeah guardrail is great and the other bands i've listened to and it's a it's a great set all the way around so if you're up for coming you know for a long night uh you know it should be a good time so that's what's happening in chicago cool. in february assuming that uh assuming the COVID doesn't shut us down or we don't get it or something right are there any other uh much the same or winning streak shows on the horizon or yeah so um in April, we're doing four shows with Belvedere in the UK, Belvedere oh, cool. and Ooh, Wolfric. And I know Darko's playing at least one. They might play, be playing all four of them. Um, Rob from Darko is the guy who runs Lockjaw Records, which is okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who put out our record in, yeah. in the UK? Um, great guy. Uh, and so we're playing Manchester Punk Fest up there, and then three other shows with Belvedere and those guys um, in the UK. So it's just a quick in and out. Um, and then, uh, and then in Canada in June, we're going to do um, Redbridge Fest, which we've been supposed to do the last two years, but obviously right. it canceled. Um, and so there's those shows and then a couple other shows with like uh, Satanic Surfers and No Fun at All and another one with Less Than Jake. Cool. And so, I mean, yeah, it's just really exciting. Like th three, three shows in four days up in Quebec mm. uh, slash Montreal area and uh yeah, can't wait to get up there because that that's like the easily the best punk scene in North America right now is in the Quebec area. Yeah. I feel like that's what everybody says. Gotta get up there. Bands like you are always playing cool fests up there that I'm like, man, gotta get up oh, there. Oh, and Craig's brothers playing that too. Right. Oh, snap. Yeah. Which well, I guess they're really like do really, really well up there. Right. Um so Andrew, yeah, we come, gotta go to Montreal. I mean, yeah. I'm saying I'm I'm still waiting to hear some news about that Craig's brother record. I mean, what's coming i mean coming I'm, soon. I'm waiting waiting on it um yeah i've wanted to go to montreal forever so maybe we can 
use a punk festival as an excuse to get up there. <laughs> that um, like a good excuse. Yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, Chris, I, I support your your ambitions of being a, a second guitarist and a backup vocalist. Uh, the the winning streak record from 2020 rules that you plan. Uh, everybody should check that out. Uh, it is called We Need a Plan. Yeah, we need a yeah. plan. Yep. Um, and but I don't want that to deprive the world of you doing lead vocals and. <laughs> Uh, and primary guitar as well, because if folks haven't heard the uh, much the same record from 2019, everything's Oof. fine. Oof. Please correct that. It, it rules. <laughs> uh, looking forward to more much the same in the future as well. Um, hey, man, thanks so much for coming back. Anytime you want to come by, you let us know which band you like. You'll come back and talk <laughs> about that. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's, uh, it's always nice to see you guys. Nice to talk to you guys. And uh, I hope we can do it in person someday. Again. Yes, yes absolutely. Maybe in Montreal. There you go. Let's maybe uh maybe much the same does uh comes up north a little bit, just a little bit. Hey, all right. Andrew's up in Minnesota, so you yeah, know, make your way up there. Now. Minnesota. That's right, man. <laughs> there you go. Good punk scene there. Are you near are you near Minneapolis? I am. I'm in St. Paul. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's the only time I ever well, I remember playing the Quest Club a couple of times uh, back yes. in the day. Of course. That's one of my favorite shows we played with Bad Religion there. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Sounds awesome. What? You, you need to you need to hit up you should you uh play the turf club man or like or second street uh the seventh seventh street entry you know those would be those would be like killer killer yeah. shows those those rooms rule just like just like those i i always think of uh i think of the double door when i think of the turf club just that that's sure. a very very similar kind of style of a room and i'm and i'm into it so Yes, this is my Quest, this... uh, Quest was a bigger room. It was Prince's Club, uh, yeah, he, and everything was purple and um, yeah, it was a huge place. We played once was. there, and then once like in the upstairs bar with some local bands. After that, cool, um, because we were definitely not the draw at the Bad Religion show. But... <laughs> That's awesome, though. Well, <laughs> maybe we'll hear about that some other time. Yeah, and after uh, after after you you come to Brazil, you can uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> Brazil, come to Minneapolis. <laughs> start, a, um, start a magnified pod fest up in hey. Minneapolis. Ooh, we can play that. Hell just have to. Yeah. Hell you guys are you know one day in one day in Minneapolis, one day in Chicago. Ooh. Like a thing. Sounds good to me. I love this idea. <laughs> All right, we'll talk. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it. <laughs> thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. All right, thanks a lot for having Bye-bye. me. Later. Bye. So thanks, Chris, for the conversation. Yes. Um, why are you all not listening to much the same? <laughs> uh, Listen to everything is fine right yes. now. Please do. <laughs> that uh, album rules so hard. So good. Uh, check out Winning Streak as well. Yes. Um, thanks to Chris. Talented dude. Um, so talented. Good dude. His, his voice is just just killing it. Oh, That's right. God, this, this album goes so hard. 
It's talking about wanting to sing backup vocals. That's fine. But come on, dude. <laughs> give me those give me those crisp pipes, baby. I gotta mm. have them on display. I'm saying. Uh, know, speaking of good pipes. Yeah. Ooh, pipes. Yes. Uh our dude Mike Milton. Ooh, not, yeah. Not not bad pipes either. No, Should no, we... he, <laughs> he <know>. also <laughs> <laughs> Yes, also contains pipes and <laughs> good ones. Good ones. Should we hear some of them? Yes. This is an outstanding, outstanding transition. Yes, we should call nailing it in the biz. <laughs> in the biz, this is what you call professional transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's let's transition to uh, our boys in Hangnail. We're gonna talk uh, about their second, their sophomore release, mm. facing changes. Hey, I'm Joe, and I'm a composer and a musician. That's why we call you the maestro. And I'm Will. I'm a literal doctor. But don't trust this guy with your ailments. No, I study comic books, but it still counts. We're a couple of creative kids who host a podcast called Common Creatives. We dig deep into filmmakers, musicians, books, and characters, really all types of artistic works and the people who make them. We break apart the art we love to see what makes it tick. Basically, we give you the definitive take on whatever or whoever we're discussing. All opinions are definitive and final. So check out Common Creatives wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, we're back. Hey. Talking hangnail, talking face and changes. Indeed. But no change in no no change in faces Mm. with these guys. (laughs) Nope. Still the same ones. Still the same, same dudes. You know, which I feel like is pretty unusual. Unusual, yeah. In this, in this scene, you don't like, you're not switching up your your bassist or drummer. You know, you're, you're, you got the same dudes, and they put out an EP. Still the same dudes, which I love. Yes, it is. It is unusual, Um, and they obviously work well together as a quartet. Always super tight on every record. Mm -hmm. Uh, Facing changes, no exception. Uh, is there a sophomore slump here? Well, we'll get into it. I'll, I'll, I'll give overall thoughts and say, I like this album quite a bit. Uh, once again, I do not think there are any bad songs. Um, not to spoil any takes on next week when we get to transparent, but of the three, this mode sort of works for me the least is what I would say. Um, yeah. Lots of good stuff here, but I think perhaps there's a, a poppier sheen on this um, that's not quite on the other two records, uh, and I wish it went a little harder, um, which we'll get into more. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think that ultimately what the takeaway is going to be for both of this on both of us on this record is we we wanted to go it to go harder than than it ends up being and mm-hmm. some of the that metally shreddy influence that was on the first record is not really present here anymore yeah a lot less shredding i wish there was more uh still sounds great yeah um mike's voice is Mike's much great. better yeah it sounds amazing i mean 
yeah, I'll just say uh, we'll get we'll get the details out of the way here and then dive in. But it was released May 22nd, 2001 on BEC, recorded and mixed at the Blasting Room. Good place to record a record, uh, covered many records on the pod that have been produced and engineered by our dudes, Bill Stevenson, and Stephen Edgerton there, uh, mixed by Jason Livermore, another uh, staple of the pod, uh, mastered by Trevor Sadler at Mastermind Productions. And yeah, I think it sounds great. I mean, if you're comparing the sound of the first record to the sound of this one, I understand Chris's point about it maybe sounding a little thin, but I think it's super well produced. Um, yes. And the biggest difference compared to the first record, even if I like the sound of the the sound in terms of the musicality of the first record more, is the vocals. I mean, Mike sounds yeah. incredible here, and the harmonies sound incredible throughout. Yes. Um, and that's true on everything they do going forward too. That that really became a staple of their sound, as we've talked about. Um, yeah. They so, discovered they discovered three part harmonies on this record. Sure did. Yeah, and it sounds great. <laughs> it sounds great. The harmonies, the things that they, the things that stepped up a notch, the mm. singing, uh, way up. Yes. The uh, production sounds way better. Yes. Uh, still very tight. Yep. Um, and I think the maturity of the songwriting mm-hmm. also goes up. So. You know, I'm I'm putting a lot of positives in the in in the in, you know a lot of things in the positive corner, mm-hmm. but for me it, I I think I struggle with, like some of the songs, we you know we got a, a twelve song album, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times things start to sound a little samey samey, and yeah. uh, the thing that differentiated the first album were those mm-hmm. moments where you're just like shredding comes out of nowhere or uh yeah. they they do something there's just a there's a lot of uh relying on power chords mm-hmm. on this and just sort of like hammering hammering the songs and i'm not saying that's a bad thing i'm just saying coming from the first record this uh there is a little bit of a transition and a shift yeah um that uh, it just didn't land as hard for me yeah, I would say the songs are more cohesive here in terms of there were songs we shouted out last week where it was like, boy, that section kind of comes out of nowhere and doesn't really mesh with the rest. Right. But as a result, it's not as risky. They don't take as many risks or bold choices here. So ultimately, it's not as interesting. You know, right. that first record uh, I love. And I think even if there's times where I'm like, this isn't quite coming all together you know the production's not quite there i still think of it as being like a more interesting output this is there's a there's a sheen on this record that is that sounds good and they're doing good songwriting as you said but it's like missing a sort of uh rawness or more interesting aspect of their of their first record um i will be very interested to hear your thoughts on the third record when we get into that next week yeah um but uh yeah, I, you know, it's still a lot to like here for me. Lots of great openings. Again, I kind yeah. of talked about how on the first record, it kind of followed this formula of almost every song having this killer opening right? that they sometimes return to for bridges or things like that. I'd say for the most part, that's intact. As you said, the, the riffs are not, are not quite as killer here. The hooks aren't quite as like catchy and huge and memorable as they are for me with the first record. Agreed. But I think they are all really solid 
openings um, here, and then there's levels of how much that that level stays, uh, you know, that high. Um, but yeah, here for that. Um, almost all we get we get the lyric and music breakdown per song with this record, uh, which we didn't have last time. Almost all lyrics by Mike. Um, almost all songs by Mike and Nick. Although there are some exceptions to that, uh, which we'll highlight. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I my top three really are pretty soft this week. I feel like there's a lot of flexibility. They kind of floated around a lot. So I'll be curious to hear. Last week we were pretty lockstep about most stuff. So I wonder yeah. if that's going to be the case this week or not. Well, the difference for me on this record um, is is I have a soft three. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And as we've said many Agreed. times, no one likes a soft three. No. Um, and uh, I felt very strongly about my the songs last week. Yeah. And the thing that's frustrating for me is like, is the sort of like middle that sort of like the middle of the road kind of feeling about a record where it's mm -hmm. like, I don't love it. And I'm like, I don't like have i don't passionately hate it yeah um and i'm just like i'm like it's 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 good it's good like i'm not yes. like it's not a bad record like right. like there's not songs on where i'm like oh god you know i'm not right. like it's just it's it's a good record but it doesn't it doesn't hit me in the same ways that like it doesn't get me pumped up in the same ways that some of the the songs on the on the first record do but fully agree we have a very similar take um yeah. We should say there was uh, an acoustic EP that yes. was released independently as well as packaged as a double album with Facing Changes. So the second CD was this acoustic EP. We will cover that on the Patreon this week. So yep. go over there to check that out. Some interesting things to discuss there, I think. Yeah, that um, is that when we, you talk about taking some risks and trying something yes. new. Yeah, that, that's that's the that's the thing that they did. They took the risks on and tried something new with. Right. But you wouldn't necessarily expect. From no, absolutely not. You would assume to keep No, definitely not. Yeah. Lots sounds like kind of about. a tossed off idea sometimes for bands to do that. But I right. agree. That is not the case here. So anyway, no, definitely not. check that out on the Patreon. Should we should we dive into this album? I think we should. Wrong is wrong. Opening track. This is my number one. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, 
it is to me unequivocally the hookiest and yeah. most memorable mm-hmm. song on the record because we talk about this the song this album lacks in my estimation lacks memorable hooks and yes and there this is the song i it's one of my measurements as i've talked about on the pod a lot how yep. often do i find myself singing a line or singing a song uh apart yeah. from listening to the record and yeah this one is in there and i think that the song does its job now, again, like I said, uh, a soft three, mm-hmm. primarily because we're starting off the record by having a, a philosophical discussion about ethics. <laughs> right. And I think that's uh, interesting mm-hmm. when when you look at the lyrics, it's it opens this, the, 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 the song by talking about these sort of fairly benign I, I don't know how one would call like <laughs> he says these, like white lies white right? lies yeah. sneaking outside when you're not supposed to mm-hmm. and like okay so those those aren't like you're not talking about like you know murdering somebody or like you right. know having an affair or something like that but then like the the chorus is when do we draw the line to say wrong is wrong and nothing's in between when did they take away when did they take the line away or take away the line um because wrong is wrong, nothing's in between. So it's almost like this song is, you know, how how far how far can we push the line? Mm-hmm. How far can we like, you know, first, <laughs> you know, you start by sneaking out. And the next thing, you're doing heroin in the alley. You <laughs> right. know, like I. So like to me, that's this sort of uh, hard moralistic view of right and wrong, where yeah. like uh, this idea that like you know wrong is wrong like is it though like based on what based on whose estimation is something wrong and mm-hmm. you know some people might say like this sounds like moral relativism or whatever it's like well like there were things any any number of things that were illegal or wrong or culturally looked mm-hmm. down upon 100 200 years ago that now we're just like that's you know, not okay to think or act or live like that particular way. That's, uh, that's wrong. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I, 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 I think this is an interesting discussion. I am not a, my area of study when I studied philosophy was not ethics. So uh, right. this is not my area of expertise. And I think it's definitely a conversation worth having. And I think it's, again, this is a, I just don't think it's as easy to boil it down to you know wrong's wrong like I, I i think there's way more worth discussing in this topic yeah i i kind of wondered if what he was saying was is it about society has made it harder to call out what's actually wrong is he saying that's part of the nuance of getting older like i wasn't fully sure what he means when he's like, you know, how, how, how did they sort of change the line of what's right and wrong? So I guess to me, it suggests like as a society, we're getting more morally bankrupt or something. Yeah. Um, but I also wondered, you know, he's talking about sneaking out and stuff. It's like, does it just get harder as you get older to decide like, well, what is, 
wrong because that stuff wasn't a big deal, but it becomes more complicated as you get older. I don't know. Maybe that's not in there, but I, I it wasn't super clear to me on like what when you call wrong, wrong, like what the situation is there. Is it are we talking like abortion again here in terms well, of like also, yeah, wrong yeah. is also like not a very descriptive word. Mm-hmm. Because we're we're talking, we're not he, we're he's not saying like we're he's, we're talking like right and wrong. So like mm-hmm. are you talking uh illegal are you talking unethical are you talking immoral are you talking sinful there there's like these like how do you quantify wrong like because one person's wrong is like you know like a a parent you know making some sort some sort of rule at Mm -hmm. their house be like you know letting their kids watch rated r movies and then that one person's house like it's like no you can't do that that's wrong you're too young to watch it it's like mm-hmm. okay well you know for one person's family it's fine so i don't know this is this is why i think this is again like again this is my top song but i i'm i i just i have a lot that i wonder about it because the the end of the song the second verse says no matter who you are or what you've done so far it's your responsibility our choices make us who we are mm-hmm. um so it's talking about taking some level of personal personal responsibility but there is a lack of specificity which is kind of often gripes when when there's sort of like a a song that's waxing uh waxing waxing morality or talking about somebody who's like hurt you or done something so wrong or i'm such Mm -hmm. a terrible person it's like okay well what are we talking about what did you do what's so bad or what what is if because if the only examples in the song are sneaking outside or telling a white lie um and then we're talking about drawing a line. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I, there's got to, there's more, there's more to it than, that I probably am, am picking up on or that there's subtext for that I'm just missing. Sure. But yeah, I don't know. It, it is an interesting way, both musically and thematically, to kind of kick things off. You know, we talked about the power of their first record opening with friendly advice and just like, right that sonic punch of just like, Oh, I am hyped from second one. And yeah. I hear you on, there is a great intro riff here. Um, yes. An album of not a ton of solid riffs. Um, and music is by Nick here, which probably doesn't surprise us uh, if it's built around a riff like that uh, lyrics by Mike. Um, so it, it, it was one that kind of moved in and out of my top three. It was never number one because for me, it just like, even as much as I love that riff, as much as I love the chorus and how catchy it is and the harmonies that really make it, um, it just never felt super exciting to me in the way that, say, Friendly Advice did. I know it doesn't for you either comparing to that song, but like it doesn't pack the punch that that even some other songs here uh, have for me. But mm. there, there are some cool things happening. I mean, as I said, yes, you're right. The chorus is super catchy. Harmony sound great. There's even a key change. Yeah, I want, um, we need to get to that. Yeah, yeah, a little acapella part. I mean, that's there's some risk there. Uh, I think around two minutes or so. It's so, it's so pleasing to the ear. It's pretty fun. It sounds it's, good. That dropout. Yeah. Yeah. A little... I, 
yeah, acapella l- harmonies. Yeah, it sounds so good. And but also to Chris's point in our talk earlier, there's there are points where I'm like, you just want things to like punch harder. Yes. Like that's a yes. moment I wanted to just land really yeah, hard. Totally. And it still sounds so good, but it just it doesn't. Uh, yeah. But again, he like he said, are we are we comparing 20, you know, 2021, 2022 album? Yeah. Uh, production to an, an album from 20 years ago, you know, it's could be, I think, you know, I complained a little bit about the drum sound on the first record. I think they sound a lot better here, but would I want the immediacy of a really close drum sound there? Yeah, I would, you know, like it doesn't quite have that, but I do think overall it's definitely an improvement. So maybe I'm just focused on that comparing it to last week, but yeah. Um, Moving along. Yeah, moving on. Moving along a uh, little bit, a little bit farther down the road, not 65,000 miles, but So this is my number two. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're going to be all over the place here because I felt all over the place in deciding on them. As I was saying with Chris, like my gut was to go with some of the harder hitting ones. Right. But I think I felt like you did about wrong is wrong in terms of catchiness and staying in my head. Like I just that chorus is so great, especially the harmonies. It just, again, feels so satisfying to me. And it kind of like the way that it sort of slows down and leans into the groove of a sort of, it's a classic like hop up and down (laughs) while you're hearing the chorus live type sound. And I just can't deny how fun and catchy it is. Um, uh, Music by Nick here. Uh, Interesting lyrics by Matt, Nick and Mike. So a lot of uh, co-writes in terms of lyrics here, but I don't know. I, I, there's some cool texture in the bridge too, like a really brief solo part um, and some interesting kind of sounds that come in briefly. So I feel like they're doing some interesting things here. There's definitely full on sort of pop punk sheen, but like I was saying, I feel like it's such a solid pop song. It's so fun and catchy that it, uh, it went up high on my list. I get taken out of the song every time it goes to the Dan it, that part to me does not yeah. sound like it belongs there yeah okay it, i can see it, that. It, it's like it has this great catchy chorus and then it has mm-hmm. that sort of transitional sure. like scale down or whatever mm-hmm. and it 
then it gets back to the chorus and it for in my mind that's like it's a it's a shift in 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 sonics that like in yeah. in and melody that it just like it it throws me off every time sure yeah i think they can do that sometimes like we were talking about with the first record too where i feel right. like there's a lot of moments where like i'm not quite falling on this i don't know it doesn't bother me here but i understand what you're saying um but yeah again i get all these are kind of soft and could move around for me as well um but i can't deny how catchy it is yeah um lyrically you know sort of a promise to stay connected to friends uh makes sense for that age for them to sort of be looking back on high school uh younger years you know maybe they're touring talking about wanting to get back home which is kind of a theme on this record which is often sort of a sophomore album theme of like them writing songs while touring and being like i want to get back home um this is the song that mentions the spot drive in in kenosha so uh right at some point i'm going to get to the spot and and report live for the pot or something <laughs> um but uh yeah i don't know it's fun now without me you won't that's right let's get to the spot <laughs> um yeah fun one though fun carry me number three my number three as well nice um yeah just i mean uh, that that muted riff opening like yeah what a killer pop song opening that yeah. is yes rules um but we for one second we john we need to get to the start of the second verse we need, just need to hear the how they start that off Oh, yeah. Enduring every day is more than I can do. I lack the patience that it takes. Hell yeah. That's just so cool. A little the jazzy. Little, little jazzy. The harmon yeah. the harmonies are so good and mm -hmm. the drums, the, the little drum yep. fill. It's cool just fill. so it's so cool. Yeah, that feels like one of those moments we talked about where it's like, oh, they're taking a little risk. It's a little different here in this moment. I love yeah. when they kind of 
slow down to do something interesting or unexpected. The bass sounds great. Um, those little moments of harmonies, those pockets where they kind of take everything else out and the harmonies are highlighted are just so great on this record yeah. and on yes. this song in particular. Um, yeah, what I've said often is like when they have a super great riffy opening like that, it may not stay sort of at that level for me throughout, but I feel like this one is super catchy through the whole song. Um, the chorus is kind of of a piece with the opening. Um, it's, you know, maybe doesn't stay quite at the like killer punchy level of that opening for me, but I like that they tie it back in throughout, you know, they kind of return to it. Um, I don't know. I, I, this is another one that for me kind of came in and out of my list. Cause I'm like, it's so there's such a like pop sheen on this one, which isn't necessarily my go-to mode, but I'm like, I cannot deny how catchy and fun this is. Um, I think this was maybe even a single. It seems to be one that people have listened to a lot and like a lot from the band. Um, but uh, lyrics by Mike here, music by Matt and Nick. Uh, we got to call out one lyric that is well, a this bummer. Is, well, <laughs> see, this is what I'm wondering because I... I I I'm I see different Okay, good. Please tell me it's something else. Um what I see is when I can't see where this uncharted life of mine is going. I really really hope that's the, that that's the case. Um, um yes, because I mean genius has it as uh when I can't see where this retarded life of mine is going. Yeah. Um, uh which like what <laughs> like i know that things are a little different 20 years ago but i feel like even then like the r word was kind of a that's nuts that's not cool so so, no. so to have it so sort of casually thrown in and like beautifully sung i did not catch <laughs> it at all until i looked at the lyrics and i was like huh that's in there so and i even thought like it seems so weird it's so incongruous with the rest of the song uh, and it would be so easy to replace it with something else. So I really hope when I can't see when I can't see where this uncharted life of mine is going, that even makes more sense, right? To have yeah, the R word in there feels very weird. So yeah, it's a bummer. It is. I'm a, gonna go ahead and say it's not. He's not saying that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was I was also really hoping I'm like like it doesn't just doesn't seem. Seems like, very weird. Yeah. Seems very weird. So yeah. um yeah. If uh I mean I don't have the lyrics uh booklet um or anything, but um yeah if, if somebody else wants to uh fact check that uh I'm gonna say it's canon that it was uncharted regardless of what we find out. <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope today that that's what they're saying, regardless. Yeah, regardless. Um, uh but this is a this is a classic uh when you saw only one set of footprints it was then that i carried you uh, exactly it's about asking god to sort of carry you and you can't see a way forward um i don't know it's it's among those sort of you know as we're talking about with chris sort of like worshipy songs but that don't i I don't uh bump on the theology of it i i feel like that's a, a fine thing to sort of think about um sure so I don't know. It works for me. Works for me. Doesn't bother me. It's um, I, the stuff that I don't bump up against is it with is people that talk about the way that their faith manifests in positive things where it's like talking about how they feel like God is 
uh, carrying them through tough times. Right. I, I bump up against this stuff where it's like, um, my God doesn't like you because you're gay. And <laughs> right. this is, this is how I think you should operate with, uh, and function with your body. You know, yes. not, right. not okay with that stuff. <laughs> no. Yeah. And not, uh, not, not really any of that on this record. No, so. nope. I'm very happy to see that with the exception of, um, the acoustic <laughs> acoustic ep right yeah we'll get to that <laughs> <laughs> so we gotta open up the box more time <laughs> all right with hands tied parentheses behind my back First time they go pretty hard on this record. They do. It's weird because it's not in my top three. It kind of feels like it should be. And what I have in my notes is like, I like how it's going harder here. I wish it went even harder. <laughs> I feel like when they open that door a crack, I'm like, I wish you went all the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I do like this song quite a bit. I think the opening rules, I, I really like how, how fast it is, but like the fact that it's, like the rest of the record in that it's a little slick um you know his vocals sound slick the harmony sounds slick, which is which sounds good but sometimes for songs like this i wish it was a little dirtier you know what i mean like mm. i wish his vocals were maybe a little scratchier which he does in one song later a bit more and they just made it a little funkier in terms of texture you know what i mean like mm. i just i feel like they could have really made this more of a hardcore leaning banger um but i do enjoy it for what it is quite a bit um yeah what do you think yeah i i tend to agree also not in my top three um would i open up the pit with this song <laughs> sure 100 absolutely yeah. but um yeah there's there's something about it that it's a it's a good song it's a fine song but it doesn't there's nothing about it that's like hooks me in there's not it yeah. doesn't it doesn't like bring me back like with like oh there's that memorable part or something you know right there's there's or something where i have to i feel like i have to listen to it again because i'm like oh it's so cool yeah if they did some kind of like bridge where they went wild or something you know like it might be like oh right that's the one that like builds this moment uh yeah. that goes really hard but they just don't really do that here so yeah. um 
music by Mike and Nick, lyrics by Mike. I feel like it's kind of about, you know, feeling helpless in the face of not getting things right. Uh, he has this kind of curious line to me where it's like, we're trying to take God. Like, is it sort of getting back to that idea he's touched on a few times of like being too focused on doing things on his own? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. take the place of God, sort of, that might be the vibe, feeling helpless because you're not getting it right when you're too focused on your own way of doing it. I don't know. Real life illustration. This is sort of like the what I'm talking about. Like I feel like yeah, yeah. a little samey, uh, you know, <laughs> wrong is wrong is the 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 hooky uh, pop single that you release on an album like this, right? And so you're like, oh, we we killed it with that one. Why not like do something sort of similar uh, with right. another song? Yeah, it's the first one that to me just doesn't doesn't do a ton for me um yeah it's a pretty fun ending but uh just doesn't doesn't really move the needle too much um music by matt and nick here lyrics by matt mike and nick um having music by matt and nick as opposed to mike and nick is interesting um i don't know what what is the song about (laughs) what do you think is it about god or a parent he's like I fear the time when my mind's confused by my example, a portrait of to show you love greater hopes and promises for you. I'm like, what are we, is it another sort of, he's falling short. Um, um, I don't know. It, it, to me, it seems like a, a parental thing. Um, yeah. You know, because it says, from the dawning of my infancy, you're always watching over me. So somebody, some might think oh, that could be, could be God, but it says uh, realization of a vacant heart searching come to find out you are worlds apart. So I don't know, maybe it was like a, a parent who was taking care of them, but like, wasn't really yeah, like a strong parent. I don't know. That's yeah. Yeah. I couldn't quite, couldn't quite tell that's certainly at least one aspect of it and maybe i should have paid more attention to that as the overarching thing but i couldn't like square that with the rest of it anyway it's not uh it's not my favorite no no um moving on closed mouth concern close sorry (laughs) closed mouth concern it's tongue twister Mm. 
Uh, I like it a lot. This song really doesn't do anything for me. I think primarily because of the way he, the verses are sung. It's like mm-hmm. every time, like <laughs> sure, he's once something. again. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't like that affectation necessarily. Yeah. So uh, I could see that. And the chorus I, never takes it to the next level for me. No, I'm with you. I, what I like a lot about it is, you know, obviously the, the hardcore elements, the sort of minor chords, it does go pretty hard at points. The bridge is cool and pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say on the whole, I definitely agree with your take of like, it just doesn't really ever hit a next gear that like really makes me stand up and pay attention to it. I like the vibe, but it's not, there's not like a piece of it that's like, whoa, it really took it to the next level there. Yeah, the minor um, the minor chords are kind of what the, uh, doesn't really do any because it just sort of like stays at that one gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, what do you have a timestamp for the 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 bridge? No. Let me see. Okay. There we go. This is the yeah. best part of the song for me. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, I hear you, though. They sort of stay in that couple chord territory. Yeah. Uh, it could do a little more interesting stuff. But yeah, that, I, you know, I'm headbanging there. I'm into that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, this one, uh, lyrics by Mike and music by Mike and Nick, which is the case for all the rest of the songs uh, going forward. I mean, that's mainly how they do things. I think Mike and Nick writing music, Mike mainly writing lyrics. Um, this one maybe about uh, I don't know a friend who's moving away from their faith, or at least sort of compromising themselves in the eyes of the narrator. There aren't a lot of there aren't necessarily a lot of judgy songs with Hangnail, but there are a lot of songs about sort of like you have moved away from who you used to be, and it bums me out, you know. Right. And I don't know if that's sort of like because they grew up as Christians together and that person's moving away or because they're both in bands and they see this person in a band sort of making bad choices or, you know, like I can't quite pin down what the issue is, but it feels to me like they're claiming they're moving away from God, whether the other person thinks that or not. I don't know. Yeah. The, the certain, certain songs will never lyrically land with me, especially Mm -hmm. when you have words like compromise right deceived right um and then again the ever popular uh longing for awakening to open up your eyes right you know, just, just why don't you get it why don't you get it you just don't see just open you know? up your eyes <laughs> yeah i just i just can't i just can't hang with that and I know. just the i understand why somebody would you know growing up in in this very strong faith would be bummed out especially if you believe that mm-hmm. someone's eternal salvation sure hinges on this correct belief mm-hmm. but yeah just like not even allowing people to like if if this person's like you know committing heinous 
crimes or whatever because they turned away from the lord like that's one thing but if they're like yeah i just i just don't know if i want to go to church anymore (laughs) and they're just like oh you've been deceived you know yeah we obviously don't know what the situation is and if it is what you just described that's a bummer you know i often think about the people who are the subjects of these songs listening and being like what the hell like (laughs) i don't think i'm doing anything that bad you know what i mean like i feel like the 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 thought behind writing these songs is often like once they hear this they'll be like oh i need to get my (laughs) life together you know what i mean so and i'm not saying there there aren't times when it's you know he's called out other people who are sort of like leaders or kids are looking up to you know like maybe they truly are swindling people somehow or doing something that's not something that people should aspire to be doing and they're calling that out i don't know but like if it is just like yeah you're not going to church anymore and now you're deceived that that's a bummer but we don't know i mean it feels it's such a subjective song um so i will say kind of like several songs we called out with the first record i feel like it at least implies some sort of relationship that's deeper than just these people don't even know each other and i guess i at least appreciate that that there's some sort of hopefully ongoing back and forth here i don't know i hope these people have resolved their differences <laughs> yeah my official position is if somebody is exploring different beliefs and mm-hmm. a different way to see the world and different philosophies and it's not hurting people <laughs> right let them go on their journey yes. let them figure it out you're going to push that person further yeah. away into whatever it is that they're trying to uh, discover about themselves. And yep. and with a lot of these songs, it's like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. But, you know, I'll be here when you when you when you decide to <laughs> <When> like... <laughs> you inevitably fail. Yeah. Inevitably fail. It's like, I don't know if that person's going to want to come back to you right. if that's sort of the takeaway you're giving them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, I, and again, I, I'm not trying to make the the, sure. the the saying that this is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just uh, I just want people to be able to go on their journeys uh, in an authentic way without people trying to drag them back to where they were, which was maybe an unhealthier place. Maybe it was a more toxic place. And, sure. you know. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm very, I'm very much for that. And I think there's, you see so many videos of evangelicals talking about how like deconstruction is like the sexy and popular thing to do. I'm like, like coming from people who've never done that. It's like, uh, I like, I, man, I didn't know that like just uh, all of my, struggling and self-hatred and and questioning and and wrestling with what i believed and valued and and like like oh man that's so sexy you know it's it was so difficult it's so difficult to go through that it's not easy it's hard and a lot of people are trying to do right by themselves yeah and to your earlier point if you see someone from the world that you came from saying you're just deconstructing because it's a cool trend. You're like, cool, peace. I'm never coming back. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. There's no reason for you to hear that and be like, oh, you're right. 
I, I was just trying to be sexy. I'll go back to your dumb <laughs> church. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I, the, the periods of deconstruction that I was going through, like the, those, those like three, those like first three years were messy as hell. Yeah. And I would not call any of that <laughs> remotely sexy. Yeah. Uh, I was, it was tough. I was kind of an asshole. Sometimes I was mm. making choices that weren't always the best, but I was trying to figure it out. Right. And I've landed in a much better place now mm -hmm. because I allowed myself to work through that tough stuff. Right. Right. So anyway, 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 uh, commitment unbreakable. I like uh, this. I like this song. This is probably my number four. I feel like it's okay. just outside of my top three. Do you know um, why? Do you know why I like this song? Because <laughs> it sounds like it could be a face-to-face -face song. Yeah, it, it does. It definitely has that chord progression. Yeah, this is, like I, I, I fully expected like Trevor Keith to, to like pop up like in that right. first verse because it just sounds like. A, a, so now like, you're on your own or something like that instead. Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. Oh, um yeah i'll take a face-to-face -face, uh comparison song yeah. it sounds great um yeah i really like the hardcore chord progression here especially in that opening i just feel like it rules it's very propulsive uh I like that it goes pretty hard again here i feel like we're actually kind of going into hard territory yeah um the bridge rules can we hear a little of that that's at uh 231 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Super fun. Yeah. Like it a lot. Um now I just want to go listen to some face to face. That, that, new, that hey. new face to face record. It's good. It's good, people. It's good. Um, yeah. Uh, face to face, by the way, that 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 uh, Jawbreaker tour. Jawbreaker. Oh my goodness, what's the, going on? Yeah, Jawbreaker. And if you live in Colorado, uh, so Jawbreaker's doing a little bit, a little tour, and they're doing a single show in Colorado with Jawbreaker, uh, face to face, and the Descendants. 
So yeah. get your life together if you live in Colorado and go to that show because that and is then, un- that is unfair for the rest of us. Totally. And then the Chicago one is who is it? It's built to spill, and, and smoking uh, popes, smoking popes, our dude. Yep. Um, Josh Kidder. Josh Kidder. You saw my nips. <laughs> That's right. We talked about that. <laughs> um, and then yeah, New York. Linda Linda's. Linda Linda's coming my girl, to there too. My girls. So um, proud of them. Yeah. <laughs> as a doting father should be. Um, <laughs> as, a, as a doting father of uh, four young women of color. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, somebody else cool on that. Anyway, shout out to Jawbreaker. Quite a lineup they've, they've put together for this tour. Um, anyway, uh, Commitment Unbreakable. I feel like lyrically, is this a little bit of a girl or God song? <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, he, there are no there are some moments of like oh is this a relationship song on this record um but i couldn't tell is it about letting go of a relationship or letting go of a life without god i think it's i think it's the former it seems to be more about sort of a relationship but i couldn't quite tell so anyway um it it does a smack of a relationship song yeah so i which in a way i feel like is kind of a, a nice change of pace you know, I yeah, not a I lot of that, that so far from them. No, and this is why I uh, I appreciate um, you know bands that don't just only and exclusively talk about their faith, right? And you know, because that's also part of the the samey samey stuff I'm talking about. It's, it's like mm-hmm. you know, they're how how many different variations of like um i'm i'm a sinner or right. I, I need god to help me out like can you do before you're yeah. like uh uh-huh, i know i get it like totally <laughs> totally valid totally with you with you totally uh-huh. with you um but yeah i i prefer like trying trying out some other other stuff like this yeah. um, right no, i like it i'm here for yeah. it yeah but yeah i again uh really like what what they did with the song and that that face-to-face vibe uh, really hooked me in yeah for sure good call all that you wanted
uh, long one. It's uh, almost <laughs> five minutes. Yeah. Um, I I, I kind of go back and forth on this one. I can't decide how much I like it. I think there's a nice vocal performance here. I think he sounds really yeah. good. Yeah. You know, there's a long, interesting bridge that kind of builds yes. a nice little solo in there. Um, so I appreciate the kind of ambition of it. And I think in this, again, I think was maybe even, this was a single, because uh, there's a video, which we'll get to. Um, but it's not, and I get that it's like, it's definitely catchy. And I think it's one that people like, but I wouldn't have necessarily pegged this like five minute song that sort of meanders sometimes as being like a single. I don't know. What do you think? No, I would not anticipate this as um, being single material. But it's ambitious, but certainly, um, again, not not always my vibe. Yeah. And I'm trying to make sense of the lyrics, too. I think it's I mean, I think it's about grace again, like we talked about sort of continuously being surprised by it. Um, And I'll say what what I appreciate about it, kind of to what we were saying with Chris is like. It's not so much how hmm, I'm so bad and it doesn't make any sense that a loving God would love me. It's more like, you know, he says, can this be, I'm all that you wanted. And I feel like that's sort of a moving idea to me that it's like, he's accepting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Me as I am in my flaws, God loves me and loves all of us so much that, yeah, how I am and, and how I do my life is what, god wanted you know what i mean like i i don't know i feel again like that's a pretty if i'm understanding it correctly a pretty like thoughtful um theological understanding sure (laughs) sure what's your read on it i don't know i there's certain there's certain things i struggle with um and i i I guess i kind of want to i i want to defer to the lyricist on this and and not try to interpret it but just like for me the kind of stuff that that i bump up against is kind of getting back to what we were talking about on the on the previous episode about like i you know god take control like make all my choices and stuff and like sort of all that i have at all costs anything that i should gain i count as lost to know you is all i've ever wanted and it's just sort of this all or nothing kind of way of thinking yeah sure. which i i wrestle with a bit you know mm-hmm. so again i'm not uh, this is not a, a critique it's just a, it's a it's a place that i i bump up against and i don't and i and so i just have a hard time let's just have a hard time with that yeah well if you're looking for the video to yeah. clarify things on that front uh you might find them maybe uh, did you did you see this at all? Uh, here I ha- I pull it up. Um, it's it's shorter than uh, kind of a minute or so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's more radio just, friendly. Just, just for the for the record, everybody, if you're um going onto YouTube to search hangnail videos, you're gonna see some b- b- bummer things. So <laughs> Google Images too, not your friends. Yeah, not you not your hangnail stuff. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I'll kind of. I'll kind of narrate what happens here. Uh, it looks very late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, 
basically we got we got the band playing this dude walking around he hears hangnail playing a show in somebody's backyard so he hops a fence watches him for a while he rocks out to him um but eventually he starts getting hit with these like sudden bursts of pain when he has memories of bad things he's done so he remembers like stealing some cds <laughs> one of his eyes starts hurting <laughs> dude's rocking out here um one of his other eyes starts hurting when he like has a memory of shoving his girlfriend uh, yeah, we're getting the flashback here to him stealing some CDs. Um, what a piece of shit. Yeah, I know, right? So he sort of uh, <laughs> is experiencing this pain. It's kind of doubling over. And then eventually it shifts to... Yeah, this guy's an asshole. Yeah, well, but can he be redeemed in here? <laughs> um, this, this is a bummer. It's a, it's 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 very of its time. Yeah, it is a bummer. So suddenly the band is playing in the desert, and he's he's out there with them. Um, he's on the ground, fully screaming in pain, and then he has this stuff covering up his eyes. And there's a bunch of the video where he's just got like stuff over his eyes. Um, he's in pain, but uh, but then somebody reaches out to him. Like, you just see in. Scales on his eyes. <laughs> Scales on his eyes. So presumably this arm that reaches out to him is Jesus. And then the stuff comes off his eyes. So I do think it's the the grace. Sure. No matter what you do, if you steal CDs, if you shove your girlfriend, which don't do that. Um, Jesus yeah. is still going to find you in the desert. I don't yeah, know. I don't. Yeah. Like maybe uh, Jesus will forgive you, but that girl probably shouldn't. <laughs> probably not. Uh, this guy's a real. This guy's a real piece of shit. <laughs> this guy, this... <laughs> he doesn't have slick back hair or white no, bathing suit. No, but... no. What? Maybe he's got a white couch. I don't know if he yeah, enjoys. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know if he enjoys sloppy steaks or. He what. seems like the type. I wish one of the flashbacks. He steals CDs. He pushes girlfriend. Then one is just him pouring water all over steaks. Slop, slop it up. <laughs> and his eyes are just like in such pain as he thinks about the sloppy steaks. Oh boy! All right. <laughs> If someone out there wants to make a hangnail all that you wanted video mashup with, <laughs> I, think I think you, you should, should leave. leave. <laughs> uh, sloppy steaks, please do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. All right. Oh, We're in the yeah, I was huge <laughs> piece of shit. Oh yeah. Uh, we're in the home stretch here. Yeah. Got a got a song coming up today. Nice things about. Oh wait, Andrew, you stopped it. Uh. Oh wait, that's the song. Down, actions become known to me. No way, no how. I have been so blind to see.
This is my number one. All right. Not on your list. Not on my list. No. All right. Um, this again, I wouldn't have necessarily have pinned this as my number one right away, but like, this is the one that for me goes the most genuinely hard. Uh, I like the hardcore nature here. I love how fast the chorus is. I think his vocals sound great. It's a little less slick here and a little rougher. There's little moments of gang vocals that mm. sound great. They're like, take four, granted. I love that. Yes. Uh, there's a fast building bridge, a baseline that rules in there. I don't know. I'm just, I, this is, it's short and sweet. They hit the hard, hard. Give it to me. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that for bass, me, it's, that bass yeah. sounds great. Bass sounds great. Uh, it, it 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 scratches the hardcore song itch for me here, where I'm like sure. other times where it gets up close to that line. I'm like, I wish it went a little harder. I feel like I'm really here for the level at which they go for it. Yeah. Um, that little and then it stops. I think that's so cool. Cool little opening riff. They built the song around that. Um, that feels like one of those moments where I'm like, oh, something interesting's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think? No, I think, I think it rules. Um, this is probably in my top five. Uh, okay. I'll take it. But yeah. Um, there's another. So what, what if we, we have so far? We have, we have our, our ones and threes. Uh, I've given all three of mine. Oh, you can, I had. Uh, taken for granted, number one, 65,000 miles, number two, carrying oh, number right. three. Okay. You have your top, your one and three. My one and three, yeah. I thought we might overlap on this one, but no. Uh, sorry. Sorry to disappoint. Yeah, well, you fucked up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Title track. There's so much cool stuff going on in this song. There is. This is not your number two? That's not my number two. All right. Uh, yeah, I like this one a lot. Um, cool opening. You know, I love myself a pick slide into a fast song. Oh, man. Well, they um, do that. They do this thing where it's like they have like a false, like a false, like, yeah, thing where they, they, 
you think it's just going to go into like something slow and then they're right, like, right. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> to hell with that double time. Oh, go. Yeah, I was a good choice uh, yep. in my opinion. Um, bridge guitar part is cool. There's kind of a slow chorus after the bridge and then that goes into like another fast closing verse, which is fun. Um, there you go, slow down. Yeah, there we go. That rules. Yeah, it's really cool. Into that, into that. Into it, into it. Um, I feel like this song should have been up a little uh, higher in the in the album. Yeah, I, th- uh, I think this record may have a sequencing issue. Yeah, which might be part of why a lot of the songs maybe feel samey or feel like they don't click into the next gear. Maybe if there's more variety between I hear Chris's point about like, you know, there's a side B that goes harder, which is cool, but I like maybe, maybe they should go back and forth between styles more. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. This, this could be a, this could be in the first handful, I think. Yeah. Um, even, a, even an opener, maybe um, thoughts on lyrics. I, I think it's about growing up, you know, determining that he needs God's help to move forward well as he grows up as you're facing those changes i think that's the vibe Um, yeah um yeah it's 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 a pretty the the lyrics are pretty emo um yes facing changes on my own never helping i'm falling back in the hole facing changes not um not my own unexpecting i think i'm losing control yeah pretty Uh, pretty dark yeah I mean, it could be it could be about growing up, saying yeah. that it happened without warning. It came so fast. So yeah, that was kind of my thought. Is like he's he's sort of falling. It's not his his journey is not going well. But if maybe he had help from God, he could sort of face it and move forward better. I I don't yeah. know. It's still pretty dark though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's twenties. Uh, Yep, tough time. Not not a big fan of those. <laughs> All right, penultimate. Mm. Second guess. is almost certainly a relationship song yeah uh um, yeah, i never thought what was it? i never thought freedom could be so bad 
Yeah, I I I took it to be a breakup, a breakup song. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's right. Uh, I don't know. I think that's fine. It, yeah, it's a little little too poppy for me. I think. Um, chorus is catchy though. Uh, it's kind of a cool slowed down bridge. There's a nice little bass solo and some toms that come in. I always like that. And then there's like some uh, multiple vocal parts in the ending, which you know I'm always a fan of that. People doing different things at the same time. But uh, I don't know. Overall, it doesn't really doesn't really do too much for me. Um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> he's got a little Margaritaville thing going on here. You know, you can't be right because it's taken so long. Uh, it's never been my fault. Mm-hmm. And it's, it talks about if I give up now, I know it's all my fault. You know, right. so um, tough times, tough, tough times. Um. Process of elimination, John. Here's your number two. I'm sick. I do like that. There's, there's, this is the song on this record that jumps out to me the most as being the most different than every mm. other song. Like I, yeah. I, uh, the chord progressions, the melodies, some of the stuff that they're doing with the drums uh, is interesting to me. The bass, yeah, just bass is, sounds great. the bass is just like all right. Just gonna, <laughs> just gonna go ring, ding, 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 and just never stop. Just yeah. ring, ding, 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 ding. Nothing ding, wrong ding. with that. It's so good. It sounds so great. And yeah, I it's got this sort of, um, I don't know, West Coast, uh, yes, face, face not face to face, uh, West Coast, like a uh, no use for a name, um, yeah. lag wagony kind of uh, chord progression thing going on that I'm I'm really into. Yeah. I could see all that. I I do like the song quite a bit. Uh, it's I I mean that opening is great. The dee 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 dee, dee. and yeah. then it goes fast, which I like. Uh, but then it slows down again at the ending to kind of mirror that intro and close on that. Which I feel, this is a great closer. You know, we this might is. have some sequencing issues, but the, I feel like this is ending on that cool outro. Is really yeah. nice touch. Yeah. Well, um, let's, yeah. Let's get to let's get let's to hear it. The, Gang vocals. 
it's just great. Ending with the harmonies, ending with a little bit of a, a little bit of a solo, thick ass bass. Yeah, you know, it's great. I just, I, I, it's just, it's just. I guess the songs I went for on this record were the ones that, I guess when I'm when I'm unsure or I have like sort of like a a soft three, I just mm-hmm. go for the ones that are just the most pleasing to me and like, sure. and the ones that are just feel good to listen to and maybe like and maybe like some of these hardcore songs would be the ones I'd be like want to open up that pit at the show but right. I don't know there's there's just something about the harmonies just sink in yeah. I'm just having a great yeah. time no I agree I think you know our sort of I don't know if I'd say issues but our qualms with aspects of the record aside I feel like they are a band that is uniquely able to sort of move in and out from like super pleasing poppy, even harmony laden choruses, like beautiful sounding (laughs) pop songs. And then like hardcore elements that do go pretty hard. Like there's not a ton of bands from this world at this time that did that so well. And like we said, his voice, I mean, anything he sings just goes down so smooth on this record and the harmony yeah. sounds so great. So there's a lot to, even if it's not like, boy, this punches me in the face and gets me so pumped. Like the first record does. It's like, it's all pretty pleasant to listen to. It goes down pretty easy. It's fun to throw on. Um, yeah. So yeah. real strong pop sensibilities with these guys in terms of their songwriting craft and their playing and all that. So, I mean, they uh, clearly uh, between the their first record and this one, they, as I said at the the start of this segment, that they just dialed everything in a little bit more, and yeah. I think as they were, I mean, they're still pretty young dudes at this point, so but they're still yeah. they're figuring it out, and I think you know for a sophomore record, it's mm-hmm. still a good achievement. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the interesting journey continues. Over on the, the next record well yeah sand on the patreon but i was gonna say on transparent too i feel like that mm. that uh where they kind of move along their path along their discography goes in interesting ways so that will be fun to talk about next week and yes head over to the patreon to hear the other side of this double album uh let us know what you think about this record about our discussion about the season as we're closing out at magnified pod on facebook instagram and twitter subscribe to the pod if you haven't already that helps us out it also helps us out if you give us a rating or review. People have been throwing in some Spotify reviews, mm. which we appreciate. That helps people find us. Uh, please continue to rate us in other places too. Apple Podcasts, give a review, and we will read it on the pod. You can email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD. And as we said, next week, season finale. So get those mm. get those voicemails in, get those emails in, any stuff you want to get in now. We're still talking skate punk, highlights of the season, things you wanted to talk about that you maybe didn't get to call in and weigh in with your thoughts about, please do so. Um, we've had a lot of fun this year. Uh, so thanks to everybody for weighing in throughout. Always enjoy yes, that. Yes. We appreciate our Patreon punks over at patreon.com slash magnified pod. You can support us over there. Check out bonus episodes like the one we're doing this week on the Acoustic EP. Get in on that Discord. Help us figure out season four coming soon. And pick up some merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. 
uh phantom cackler merch forthcoming <laughs> you have to work on that maybe um, maybe some uh, werewolf reclamation project yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about this stuff yeah um thank you to shadow producer jason at unoriginal vinyl and thanks to heavy ordnance studios for our artwork well our time in the penalty box is over for this week and almost for the season but we'll mm. be back out on the ice next week when we'll discuss hangnails transparent <laughs> Oh, there's a glitch. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, oh. This... hey. Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh there it is. Please, <laughs> to Love it. I like it. I like that one. Yes. You know, it also, that also has like a little bit of a, a really early thrice sound mm. to it. Yeah, I could see that. Like artists in the ambulance sort of era of, of thrice, mm-hmm. which was also, I think, kind of uh, coming out around, around the yeah, same, same time. era. It's definitely yeah. sort of same era. fitting in the emo world well with this, with this record. Yes. Uh, thrice is nice. Like I always say. <laughs> always. You're always saying that. Starting every episode. Hey, you guys, remember, just subscribe That's to our nice. page. <laughs> subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, or, you know, actually, I think my, I might have been thinking of a illusion. The illusion of safety was maybe what I was. That was, I think, the that big was two, one for me. That was, that was 2002. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, around that, so around that era. Artists good stuff. Good, good. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.